You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 21. Today we are kicking off the first of many solo shows that will be part of a series that will be based on some lessons that God has shown me through my first book, The Palace Keepers. This is the Purity Series on the Hello Awesome Podcast. Today is more of an introduction to the series where we will be going through some of the lessons and examples of what purity is in the Word of God and in the first few chapters of The Palace Keepers. But we won't get into really the heart of what emotional purity is just yet. We are setting a foundation today. We are talking about appointed love, how if you want a relationship with someone, if you want a significant other, that is not a problem. The problem is how we go about getting that, how we go about achieving that. And so today we are talking about appointed love. We're talking about Isaac and Rebecca and how God orchestrated their romance. We will also be talking about the difference between light and dark and how that mirrors the difference between purity and sin. I love this episode so much because it is something that I've been burdened about for a long time, bringing forth the message of emotional purity and purity to young people and to all people really. Purity knows no age. And even though purity isn't always about a sexual sin or purity isn't always a physical thing, we are going to be talking about relationships today. And we are going to be just diving into a lot of key things in these next solo episodes so that we can get a grasp of what purity is to God and what we should do if we want to seek purity in our own lives. So let's get right into it. This is episode number 21, the first of the purity series called Appointed Love. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast episode is sponsored by my very first book, The Palace Keepers. I am celebrating seven years since I released my very first book, and I am re-releasing it on Amazon as a paperback with a brand new, beautiful, photographed cover. This cover is a photograph of a gate that I personally took in a local park in my state of Connecticut. In The Palace Keepers, I share my detailed testimony on how God revealed himself to me when I was in a broken relationship and what he taught me about being pure in our hearts. Sometimes we feel like purity needs to happen sexually first, but that's the backwards way of the world. Our hearts should be pure and motive first so that our body can follow in line. If you want to learn more about the Palace Keepers, head to Amazon.com and search the Palace Keepers and purchase yours today or head to the show notes for a direct link. Hey guys, I just finished recording episode number 21 for you and I got a couple of questions about purity. So I wanted to bring two of those questions for you. This is our new Hello Awesome Q&A segment, and I'm super excited about it. Not because I think I know everything and I'm just a know-it-all over here, but because God has shown me a lot of things, and hopefully I can help you if you have a question. So the first question I have is, how do you talk purity to young girls under 10? This is a huge thing, and this is something that I think we need to really think about and pray about. First of all, pray 
and seek the Lord and ask him to give you the words and to have wisdom, especially at that age group. It's very, very tender. They're very, very sensitive. At the same time, you have to be the one to define what purity is. So are you referring to a sexual purity? Are you referring to emotional purity? At that age, I would really highlight just trying to obey God, follow God and what he says to establish a relationship with God, ask them to have a prayer life, to read their Bible, to obey the Lord, to obey uh, the statutes of the Lord and the commandments that they need to be faithful to church. Okay, that is all part of purity. In fact, that is the basics of purity is to just follow God with those motives that they want to be better, that we want to grow. So for that age group, I would just really focus on establishing a relationship with the Lord and helping them create boundaries within their relationships, especially friendships. If they have relationships with other people out in the world, um, even their relationships with other people within the church, both sexes, they need to have those boundaries with their friends and also with the opposite sex. So create a list of boundaries, not so that they can strategically, you know, check it off to make them feel good, but so that they could actually see a guideline that they can follow and that they can start establishing those principles. So when they are in a situation, they can have those spiritual red flags that will help them make better choices. Does that make sense? So at that age, I would just encourage them to follow the Lord, establish a relationship with God, and to create a guideline of boundaries within the relationships that they have. And that may look different for every person. So for the specific child that you are thinking about and that you are mentoring or parenting, I would just pray and ask God. I would also seek counsel for those authorities that are above the child, especially pastors. And I would just be careful with how you approach the situation and make sure that you create a foundation first before trying to go into all the details that surround it. The next question is, my marriage ended due to violence and alcoholism on his part. Is it okay for me to start dating? Girl, I can't tell you that. I'm sorry. That is a super personal, deep conversation that I think you should have with your pastor, with the authority that is in your life right now. If you have a parent who is also a follower of the Lord, I would seek their counsel, their advice. I am so super sorry that that happened to you. And I pray that there is healing in your heart and in your mind during this time. As far as dating again, that is different to every person. Every person's situation is different. And God has a specific way that he deals with different people. There have been many times that I have seen an authority figure react a different way depending on the person and has given them counsel specifically that has been different than each story. If a pastor feels that it's going to draw your eyes and your heart and your mind away from the Lord, he may tell you not to dwell on that part right now. He may tell you that uh, don't focus on that area, but that's something that you are going to have to pray and speak with him about. And I wish I had a better answer for you, but there really isn't one. There isn't a one answer thing for situations like this. And it's not because God is contradicting in any way, but it's because he is a personal God and he looks at the individual. So I would just encourage you to seek the Lord more and seek an authority figure 
uh, that's over your life like a pastor so that you guys can have some therapy sessions, some communications and dialogue about this because it is definitely not something to take lightly. And again, I am so terribly sorry that this happened to you. And I just pray that your heart will have healing in Jesus name, that your family will have healing in Jesus name and that the blood of the Lord will cover you the rest of your life. Okay, so I know I said two questions, but I'm actually going to throw in this third because I feel like this is something that can be relatable to you guys. The question is, how does one not become discouraged when those around them are in relationships? Girl, this episode hopefully will help you out the one that we just did. But I wanted to let you know that it's easy to become discouraged and it's natural. I don't want you to shame yourself for feeling that discouragement because you are human and you have a desire to be with someone and God knows that and God sees that. So what I would advise you to do, make sure that you are establishing alone time with God, that you do not mind being alone with the Lord and that you are allowing yourself this time of growth because while you are in the waiting, you are also in a season of training in spiritual warfare and spiritual life and so I want you to understand that while other people are having all these relationships it is it will seem like you are missing out but trust me there are things that you can be equipping yourself for and also establishing a period of growth right now in your life and I know that you probably are doing that right now So I'm just going to give you three easy tips that you can do to try to not be discouraged. Number one is to stay faithful. Stay faithful to the Lord. Stay faithful to the house of God. Fellowshipping with other believers will keep you encouraged. We are called to edify each other and to build each other up. So be faithful to the house of God. Be faithful to his word. Be faithful in your pursuit of the Lord. That's number one. Number two is establish a prayer life. And I mean that very wholeheartedly, and I'm not saying that as to be cliche, but establish a prayer life. So like I said before, make sure that you have that alone time with God and also do prayer journaling. That's also uh, something that can help you get all those emotions out there and go to the word of God and have the word be your encouragement. Also, number three is make sure that you are having fun. I don't want you to focus on all the things that you are missing. I want you to go out and live life to the fullest that God has for you, obeying his commandments, being pure in heart, being pure in motive, loving others the way that God loves you, and just being a blessing to other people. Because when you are a blessing to other people, you are encouraged. You feel like you have worth because you do. You do have worth. God has somebody for you. You are valuable. You are loved. You are cherished. When you are blessing other people and being a servant of the Lord, he will fill you up with so much joy and happiness and you will not feel as discouraged when you are helping other people. So there you have it. And I hope that helped you. Uh, Thank you guys so much for these questions. I hope that you can send me more questions and I will pray over them to kind of bring you the answers that I feel will be helpful to you. So if you have a question about purity, about relationships, about love, please email them to me at helloawesomeshop at gmail.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at Ministries. Hey, my friend, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. We are kicking off my first solo show since hitting the 20 episode mark, and that is super exciting. Today, we are starting a series that will go across multiple solo shows throughout the summer, and the theme is purity. 
Now, if you've been a listener for a while or you've tuned into the earlier episodes, you know that I started a series then about my new book called The Glitter Effect, which is all about the power of influence. But given the content in the last two interviews that we previously have had, especially in the last episode, episode 20, where Corey Taylor from New Beginnings shared a few stories surrounding young ladies and unplanned pregnancies, I felt God really pulling me back to sharing some lessons he gave me during my early years in church. I compiled those lessons and thoughts into my very first book back in 2012 called The Palace Keepers. This book is super personal to me. It features not only my in-depth testimony on how God grabbed my heart at the tender age of 22, but what God revealed to me about purity as I struggled to transition into this new lifestyle and spiritual change. I want to start with scripture right now because the word of God is the best place to begin during studying. Amen. Psalm 19.8 says, the statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. See, since the very beginning, dark and light were established in great contrast from one another. Equality between the two were non-existent because of the different qualities. Light, for example, is seen as bright, whereas dark is seen as not bright. Following me? The biggest example of this contrast can be seen in one day on earth. During the day, we have light, but during the night, we have dark. So the question we have is this, what is purity? In a world where morality and purity is mocked and immorality and impurity is glorified, we need to know this answer, not for debate, but for growth and understanding. You see, where some of us mess up is we give the younger generations a scroll of do's and don'ts without really diving into the root problem. And we expect them to follow this justified list but many are not sure why it's even important. So why is being pure important? The basic definition of purity can be summarized like this. Purity is the condition or quality of being pure. Freedom from anything that contaminates or pollutes. Simple enough, right? In a sense, purity is not bound by our physical bodies. It is a way of life in our entire being. If we look at purity in a spiritual way, it is freedom from the contamination of sin. Comparing the attributes of purity and sin, we see a similar pattern to the comparison of dark and light. Purity is clean, holy, and righteous. Sin is unclean, unholy, and unrighteous. Sin is anything that violates or disregards purity. It is purity's opposite. When sin is compared to who God is, we see that it's also his opposite, and therefore we must be in opposition of sin in order to serve God and remain pure. Sin separates us from God, but purity brings us closer. Let me share this visual that God gave me during one of my personal study times. Picture our hearts as a tall cup of fresh, clean water. Purity is the lid of the cup given to us by God. Without the lid on, it won't take long for the cup of clean water to be tainted dirt, bugs, food, they will all get in. This could be lust, envy, bitterness. But if we properly place the lid where it needs to be, we are then protected from contamination. Purity is meant to separate us from sin, not mirror it. 
The world doesn't need the lines to be blurred, but distinct and bold. The world needs to see a difference between purity and sin so that those who come to God can experience a change. Purity divides those who are clean and those who are unclean. Want to hear a hard truth? If we are to promote sexual abstinence in the church, meaning saving your virginity until you are married, then we must also teach the root of what purity is and the issue of impurity. Because honestly, the root of a sexual sin is purity of the heart. The reality is, we can protect our bodies with tape and barbed wire and still have our hearts open and busy like a hotel lobby. No matter how extreme our physical precautions are, if we are not putting up emotional safeguards around our heart, we are being naive and careless. Worrying about the flesh first and the heart second is a backward system. That's the world system. Our hearts weaken first before our flesh breaks down. When we emotionally attach ourselves to others first, our flesh reacts to that attachment. One of the main reasons why I believe this is a constant issue within the hearts of young believers is the unrealistic expectations we put on our relationships with others and the desire we have at a tender age to have a significant other. We want to be loved and validated. We want to feel like we are worth something. Wanting to have a relationship with someone else is not sin. It's not the problem. The problem is what we are sacrificing to get it. What are we giving up to get to that point? What morals are we tossing aside just to feel important to another person? What are we chasing and what are we ignoring? There's a part of me that believes that the change of pace in our society that has been exercised within the last decade or two is flooding our mindsets. Everything is moving faster, quicker, hotter, higher, shorter. We crave to be instantly satisfied and when we don't see immediate results, we move on. See ya. This doesn't serve me right now, so I need to let it go and find something or someone else that does. And what God is saying to the church now, to the youth groups now, to the ones who are growing up in this 2019 society is, you might be pulled into these microwave miracle mindsets, but I'm more interested in the condition of your heart in the long run than how things make you feel right now. The fast pace of society is causing us to react with fast-paced emotions. We then confuse lust with love and open the lid to our clean water cup when God is trying to get our attention as to why it's important to not just stay on, but also to wait for the right timing so we don't taint ourselves or taint anybody else. Don't trade in what you've been called to be for someone who may not be called for you. Be content with what you have right now and trust that God knows what you need and he will never leave you or forsake you. Sometimes we can be like Adam in Genesis and scope out the candidates who we feel are the best match. But I love this quote from Lauren Barlow, a singer from the former Christian group Barlow Girl. She said this, God didn't create one Adam and five Eves and say, Go ahead, date around, and see which one you like best. He said, Adam, I know what you need, and I'm going to create that for you. How beautiful of a thought is that? That God loves us so much that if we have this intense desire for companionship with somebody else, 
we can trust that he knows. And if it's in his will, he will orchestrate the entire romance. This is so contrary to what society is passing off as love. In the bigger plan, Eve was already created. While Adam was confused and searching, looking at all the livestock for a match, in the blueprints of the king's plan, there was an appointed time for Adam and Eve to be together. I know it sounds like some Disney fairy tale, and I know it's annoying if you hear other church folks say, God has a plan, or God has someone for you. I get it. We say that a lot, or we hear it a lot. And while I don't advocate going around to all the young people in our churches and giving them this false hope of future love, like we're some holier-than-thou genies, I do think that there is evidence in Scripture that can give those who are single and waiting hope. And that's what I want to bring you today. Hope that God sees you like he saw Adam and knows what you need. We can get caught up in the romantic themes movies and TV shows promote and totally miss the point. It is not about money and flowers, cards, or cars. It's not about chocolate or fancy dinners, although food does help, just saying. But it's really about the heart and if that person is established in the Lord too. I want us to look at a story that I think provides us with so much hope and confidence that God truly is watching out for us. Abraham had a son, Isaac, and being a man of God, he did not want his son to take a wife from the daughters of the Canaanites. They were not God-fearing people, so Abraham sent his servant to find Isaac a wife from within Abraham's kindred. And Abraham was old and well-stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house, that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Genesis 24 one through four. There is something to be learned here already. Abraham knew the path that the Lord had for Isaac, his son. Sometimes it may be frustrating to constantly listen to our authority figures, our parents and pastors, but we have to trust that their close walk with God means their intentions for us are good and genuine. Scripture does not record Isaac blowing up at his father for being particular about choosing a wife. If you are waiting for someone special, will you allow the authority figures in your life to have a say in who will be your future husband or wife? We have to trust that their walk with God is so close that they may know things we don't. The Lord has prepared them with wisdom and knowledge in order to guide us in the right choices. Not having the blessing from our authority will affect the course of our life. Now, as the story continues... Abraham's servant obeyed and went on a journey searching for a wife for Isaac. Genesis 24, 10 through 14 records how the servant came upon a well outside of the city of Nair and prayed to God to send him a woman. Not just any woman would do, only the one who the Lord himself had appointed. And the servant took 10 camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand, and he arose and went to Mesopotamia 
unto the city of Nair. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass, that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. Did you catch what the servant just said? That thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. Abraham's servant obviously had some knowledge that God was in control of this entire relationship. He didn't take it upon himself to find someone, but he sought the Lord first. And get this, before the servant was even done with his request, before he was even done praying, Rebekah showed up with a pitcher for water. And it came to pass before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nair, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. Genesis 24, 15 and 16. Let's think about something for a moment. In order for Rebecca to make it to the well at the same time as Abraham's servant, she must have started her trip long before he even reached the well. So, before the servant even prayed, Rebecca was already on her way. Her steps were already ordered by the Lord for a divine and personal appointment. Do you see that? She was the one who God had appointed, so God had already prepared her for what was ahead. So the servant observed the situation and needed confirmation first before rejoicing. Remember, he had strict orders not to bring back one of the daughters of the Canaanites. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted, and let down her pitcher upon her hand, and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also, until they have done drinking. And she hasted, and emptied her pitcher into the trough, and ran again unto the well to draw water, and drew for all his camels. And the man wondering at her held his peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. Genesis 24, 18-21 If you believe that the Lord has sent you someone to marry, wait for confirmation. Your heart is sensitive and needs to be handled with care. Rushing into relationships when your heart is not prepared will have damaging effects. Just because your emotions say yes doesn't mean it's a yes from God. And actually, this is a conversation that I had with Tiffany Huba Bonilla back in episode 13 when she talked about how God confirmed her husband, Jonathan, to her. Go back and listen to it if you haven't. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? When the servant asked for water, Rebecca showed kindness and respect. She seemed good and wholesome. She wasn't perfect, and if you study her life further, 
You will see why. But she was the one that would allow Isaac to continue his walk with God and be by his side as he was stepping into the calling that God had for him. God knows how to appoint or select the right person who will not hinder the overall purpose God has for your life. There is a bigger picture in mind, not only for Isaac or even Rebecca, but for all of God's people and their future generations. God's kingdom depended on who the servant selected as a wife for Isaac. You must be careful and make certain that the one you are with or have your eye on is the one who God has appointed. This is when the purity of the heart can help. When your heart is close to God and pure in motives, it is more equipped to make better decisions. A pure heart listens in prayer. A pure heart understands authority and instruction. A pure heart leans more on God's way than the world's way. A pure heart truly knows God's perfect love and does not confuse it with temporary lust. God is not the author of confusion, and he does everything in perfect order. Earlier, we talked about the difference between light and dark and purity and sin. The word appointed is defined as decided on beforehand. So God has decided on beforehand that Rebecca was to be Isaac's wife. If Isaac searched within his own designation, he could have become disappointed. This is, of course, the very opposite of appointed. Disappointed means inadequately appointed. Becoming someone's husband or wife is not the end-all role or goal. It is beautiful and it is awesome, trust me. But it's one part of a bigger plan he has for us. Our walk with God is never done even when we get married. So if we don't establish a close walk with him beforehand, trusting in him in the waiting, we might end up disappointed with how our life unfolds if we choose to go our own way instead of waiting for the appointed time or person. And honestly, some of us might be destined to skip this step altogether. But whatever the plan is for your life, marriage is designed to bring him glory and is a demonstration of love. It is a privilege and not a right. If you are privileged to have this step in the plan that God has for you, wait until he appoints someone to share it with. Two appointed hearts are better than two disappointed souls. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Ecclesiastes 3.11 God's timing is perfect. We never know what the Lord Jesus has in store for us. That is both super exciting and scary, right? Protecting the purity of your heart is an important job in the middle of uncertainty. When we reach those forks in the road or rotaries in life, we can make sure our hearts are following after the right things. With our hearts set on the Lord's path, we can only be appointed for greatness. Man, I am really excited to dive deeper into this content. I wish I could just unload everything that God has given me, but the best thing is just to take it little by little, step by step, so that we can grasp 
the bigger concept and the bigger picture. All right, my friend, now that we have this foundation laid of what purity is and isn't, in the next solo show, we will dive deeper into emotional purity and promiscuity. We'll also talk about our spiritual hearts and why it's important to keep it healthy. One last thing, please make sure you pick up a copy of The Palace Keepers, my first book that the series is inspired by. You can snag it on Amazon by searching for The Palace Keepers, or I've put a link for you to click in the show notes. If you have Amazon Prime, you can get the book in like two days, which is crazy awesome. Or if you're super impatient, like how I am usually, there is a Kindle version that is a digital copy you can download onto your device or computer and read it instantly. Like buy it after you close this episode and be already into the first chapter within an hour. So that's super cool. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. I have a brand new interview coming next time that's gonna blow your mind. I am talking to the one and only Charity Gale. That's right. Not only is Charity Gale a very popular singer and songwriter in the Christian circles, but she is a beautiful, beautiful soul. We'll be talking about her full-time ministry as she worships with people and songs, and we also talk about her newlywed life on the road. I was fangirling super hard because her music has truly changed my life. It's changed the atmosphere in my home, and me and my sons listen to it all the time, all of her songs, and I'm just super grateful that God placed her in my path, that we were able to come together and bring an amazing interview for next week. So... Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast right now before closing that window so that you don't miss any of the new things that are coming up. I have brand new interviews coming all through the summer, launching every other week. And then we have the solo shows with the Purity Series in between those. So I cannot wait for what is coming up. I look forward to it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I am so, so thankful for you. If you love the podcast, if you love this episode, please leave a positive review on iTunes. I have an incentive. Take a screenshot of it. DM me at Hello Awesome Ministries. DM me that screenshot and I will send you a free ebook of either the Glitter Effect or the Palace Keepers. So if you want that for free, just let me know by leaving a positive review, obviously, and DM me that screenshot so we can get you that little freebie. It's just a way to say thank you because you guys have been super, super awesome. And I am just so excited to see what God's going to do. So I can't wait to share that interview with you next week with Charity Gale. Have a great, great day, my friend. And I will talk to you again real soon. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. For more information about all things Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeshop.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.